All right, so today is Mother's Day, and I want you to notice one of the Ten Commandments at Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. In these Ten Commandments, uh, one of the reasons God has given these Ten Commandments is, of course, obviously these are all things that we should be doing or should not be doing. If we are going to survive as a society... We cannot allow murder to run rampant. We can't just let people steal whatever they want. We can't let people, you know, there's there's certain behavior that needs to be controlled and there needs to be laws against it. And so God gave these 10 great commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, very important. Thou shalt not covet. We shouldn't be trying to take something that belongs to someone else. All of these people would recognize are things that we need in order to survive as a society. And one of the things that God called for in there is for the honoring of parents. God very specifically said, honor thy father and thy mother. And then he said, why? That thy days may be long upon the land. So this is a very important thing. And of course, with today being Mother's Day, I do want to focus on moms today. And the title of my message is, Mothers, a pillar of civilization. A pillar of civilization. If we are going to survive as a people... If we're going to survive as a nation, as a culture, whatever, moms are the, and the role of mother is obviously necessary. It's important. If all the women just quit having babies, we will cease to exist as a society. And you know, they're having problems in a lot of countries now where they, uh, because not enough kids are being born. You've got countries out there that, uh, the, you know, the elderly communities wonder what they're going to do because they have things similar to social security, but there's not enough young people working to kind of provide for those things. And it's, uh, they're in a tough spot now because they've promoted birth control and, uh, women having careers instead of being mothers and it's, uh, it's starting to catch up to them. And in our country, I believe one of the reasons we're seeing a lot of the mess that we're seeing today it's because moms just aren't being moms. I mean, they're, they're bringing children into the world, but they're not often doing what a mother should do. And so we're seeing things just kind of all fall apart. And so, uh, there is no doubt that there is an attack on the biblical role of women in our world today. And you know what? It's even going on in churches. And as, as we see our society fall apart, there is no doubt that one of the major reasons is because the family structure has been destroyed. So what I want to do in this message, I want to look at what the Bible says about mothers and how they should be treated and then compare that to what's going on in our society when it comes to our treatments of mothers. And then let's just see if the Bible knows what it's talking about because I think the Bible does know what it's talking about. And so, and if I may just kind of ride a hobby horse right now too, if you all don't mind, something that just irritates me greatly that churches do and that I have a real problem with. And this is just maybe me just having a personal problem with something that's not as bad as it is, but I think it's pretty bad. But, you know, there, think about the offices and the positions that we have been taught to respect today. For example, you know, we're supposed to back the blue, right? I mean, even in churches today, you know, you see the, the they'll put the uh, American flag with the blue stripe, back the blue, we got to support our police officers. And, uh, and think about this. What are the groups that churches are typically bringing in to their churches to honor today? It's politicians. It's police officers. It's firefighters. It's first responders. 
It's military. Now think about this. Every one of these groups that churches are specifically bringing in to honor, these are all government-funded groups. And you know who else we're also taught to honor and just respect and clap for and make a big deal about? Are our teachers too. Our school teachers. And I'm not saying let's disrespect these people. I'm not saying that. But isn't it interesting that all of these roles that we are all being taught to respect and support and get behind to the point that churches are even bringing them into their worship services and honoring them. Every one of them are government funded roles. Every one of them. And but yet, how often do we see churches bringing in moms and doing things to honor moms, a biblical role? One that many within the church hold. Now think about this. We try to teach people that being a, being a wife and a mother is the most important thing that you could do as a lady, but we don't honor the mothers. Okay, we don't bring them in and honor them. What do we do with the moms? You know, if the moms have nursing kids, you know, we go stick them in a closet somewhere. We try to run them out of the service. We treat them like second class citizens. And then what do we do? We bring in, you know, the Hillary Clintons. We bring in Mrs. Pantsuit. We bring in Mrs. Feminist. We bring in, the, we bring in the woman with the short hair that looks like she could beat up any of the guys in the church. And then she gets up on the stage and we honor her. You know, the police officer, you know, the firefighter, you know, the, you know, the, the nurses and all these other things. And I'm not saying women can't ever do any of those things, but what message are we sending to all the young ladies in our church? We're saying that these government-sponsored, these government-funded roles that women are taking on are worthy to be praised and honored while the stay-at-home mom, you know, we, stay, we, we try to get them out of the room. Is, it, is that, are we not backwards, folks? Is this not out of line? What message are we sending when we do that? And I, I'm going to continue being respectful to these other groups, but you know what? I think as a church, we ought to put our moms on a higher pedestal than we do. In the Ten Commandments, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long in the land. Not honor the cops. Not honor the soldiers. I'm not saying we can't honor them. But if we're going to make a big deal about a group, let's pick the ones that are actually what hold our society together. You want to know why we need more policemen today? Because less moms and less dads are fulfilling their role in teaching their children to live a civilized in a civilized way. If we had more mothers and fathers, we wouldn't need as many cops as we do. We wouldn't need all these other positions and things that are out there. If parents took the responsibility of training their children and teaching their children, we wouldn't need to worry about how much these, you know, these poor school teachers are getting paid. And it's never enough. And what's the solution? Raise my property tax when my kids don't even go to the public school. That's always the solution. Raise my taxes. More government funding. More government spending. And you know, I, I get it when our world does this. Okay? Our world is our government is going to keep promoting and propping up their people. But can we stop doing it as a church? Can, can we just not do that? Listen, if I'm the only church in town that never brings in the firefighters and all these people, you know what? I hope you all get past that people in the church because I just don't plan on doing that. I'd, ra- I'd rather get all the ladies up here, all the moms, and give them something. Give them a gift card. 
give them some flowers or something like that than these other people that are only coming to our church for a photo op, who are coming here for advertisement, for public relations. That, that's why they're doing it. And I just I, I think that is so out of line. And I think we're sending a bad message to our young people. And then, and these churches are all wondering why these girl, the girls in their church don't want to grow up to be Christian women and wives and mothers. Well, maybe it's because you inspired them, you know, with, you know, Miss Pantsuit that you had come up, who doesn't need men, you know, who's 40 years old, never needed a man, is a lesbian, never had any kids, nothing like that, and she's just, you know, being, being Miss Feminist, and you brought her into the church and honored her because she's got a badge, because she, you know, she's got a government funded role, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to spend any more time on this, but we're just not going to do that stuff here. We're not going to do it. And if we're going to honor anybody, we'll honor the biblical offices that God instituted. And you ladies that are wives and that have brought children in this world and that raised your children, you are the ones that should be honored. You are the ones that we have been commanded to honor. And it is, and, and your role, you doing what you do and us as, uh, as Children, as individuals, when we honor you for that, God has promised to prolong our days if we do that. It is good for a society that honors its parents. And I do believe when it comes to this command of honoring our fathers and our mothers, I do believe that this applies to individuals because we see that in Ephesians 6 when Paul brings up children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. But you know what? I, I, so I do believe that that applies to us as individuals. I believe God will lengthen my days. But when this was given too, ultimately this was a national command that was given too so the people of Israel could lengthen their days in the land. If they as a society, if they wanted to make it, if they wanted to survive, if they as a nation were a nation who honored their father and mother, God would lengthen their days in that land. And you know what? Understand, and it wasn't just because of how they treated their parents, even though Jesus specifically brought that up when he brought up their tradition that they had that actually violated the command to honor their father and mother. Jesus brought that up in his day. And let me tell you something, that generation that Jesus said that to, they ended up getting kicked out of the land because of their wickedness. Israel, in 70 AD, got kicked out of the land, and it was because of many things. Ultimately, it was because of their rejection of the Messiah. But understand, they had a whole list of sins, and one of those they did, they did not honor their parents. So this, this is a big deal, and so we need to make sure that we promote this idea of honoring parents. We need to make sure we advance that in our culture and we teach this to our children and that we practice this as a church of honoring our parents. I believe this will benefit us in many ways. So without a doubt, a sure way to destroy a nation. If we want to destroy a nation, is we got to destroy that family unit. And so if I want to destroy a nation, I would attack one of the foundational pillars. I would attack that office. That role of mother and father. That's what I would do if I wanted to destroy this nation. And so, uh, and, and I understand honoring parents 
is something that does not go away when you move out of the house. Proverbs 23:22 says, "Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old." We don't you don't quit honoring your parents. You might not have to obey them anymore, you know, where they don't, you know, they can't tell you when to clean your room and things like that, but you should honor them. Listen, you should have the kind of respect for your parents. I, you know, my mom, if my mom came and she convinced me she was serious, I think she probably could still spank me if she wanted to. And my mom's really small, but at the same time too, I can't imagine just looking at my mom and telling her no, even now. And I'm 40 years old. If, if, if my mom convinced me I needed spanked and that she wanted to do it, I'm not, I, I'm not fighting my mom. <laughs> you know, I got, I have too much respect to, to fight my mom. Even though physically I could take her, but at the end of the day, it's my mom. That's not going to happen. And so I'm probably going to get whooped if she decided. She, you know, my mom, she's not, uh, she's never even threatened me since I've grown up. And, and understand too, you know, by the time, I don't remember how old I was. I got bigger than my mom pretty fast because she's pretty small. And so even as a teenager, I remember getting spanked a few times. I was taller than her. Physically, I could have taken her. But I never did. You know what I did? I took the beating. Why? Because it's mom. And plus, even if I did physically overpower, then there was dad. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, I I didn't need the threat of dad killing me to know you don't lay a hand on your mom. You, you don't do that. And that should be our, that should be our attitude. We should still have that kind of respect. It should still be, even if you're an adult, just your instinct. If your mom or your dad tells you to do something, you just do it. Why? Because they are your parents. You honor them. You love them. And so let's look at some passages about mothers in the Bible and how that role was viewed back then and see if we have the same attitude and and, you know and in certain areas in our country and certain things where areas were pretty good at this and certain cultures were pretty good at this but then there's some areas where it's just it's bad but leviticus 19 verse 3 i like what it says here and this is basically what i've just been talking about it says "Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father and keep my sabbaths i am the lord your god so and, and that term fear, it's like the fear of the Lord. It's again, it's not about I'm scared of my parents. It's, but I do have respect. I respect their authority. And therefore, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to have some fear. And, and every child should fear their parents. It doesn't mean you're scared of your parents, but at the same time, it is a blessing to know that if I do something really bad, I'm going to have mom and dad coming down on me. That is a huge deterrent. One of the reasons that we have the crime that we have in our country today is because we have very little deterrence for those crimes. A lot of the punishments are just not severe enough. And that's why people continue doing the things that they do. But you know, one of the things that has always kept me in line, it's not just the thought of the cops. It's the thought of my parents. You know, and, and especially when I was growing up, I remember when I got my driver's license. To this day, I still wear my seatbelt. Okay. And, and I mainly wear my seatbelt out of habit and because I don't want to get a ticket. You know, and, and I, in fact, today I was driving along and I noticed I wasn't wearing my seatbelt and I put it on. I was in town and it wasn't that I was scared I was going to have a wreck and get killed. I was afraid a cop would see me and pull me over and I just don't feel like dealing with that. But at the same time, I got in the habit of wearing my seatbelt because I remember my dad told me, 
when I got my driver's license, he's like, you always wear your seatbelt. And he's like, if I ever find out you got a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, you're going to be in huge trouble with me. And, you know, and I knew, well, your seatbelt ticket, you know, I could probably pay you that. But I was like, but I never knew what dad was going to do. He just said it was going to be bad. Never found out what it was because, you know what, I never, I never got busted not wearing my seatbelt. I was wearing my seatbelt. And, and I'm not kidding. When I started driving, it wasn't so much the fear of the ticket as it was, what is it that dad's going to do? And I never found out. And, you know, that <laughs> is probably, it's probably a good thing. But it didn't matter. I did fear my dad and therefore I wore the seatbelt. And you know what, parents, you know, you need to put some of that fear in your kids. And, and, and I said, I'm not talking, you know, I get it. You've got the parents that are abusive and that hurt their kids and their kids are scared of them in a bad way. But there, there's, there's a good fear and there's a bad fear. I'm not talking about that. You know, I never feared my dad when I was doing right, when I was doing nothing wrong. And your kids, if they're not doing anything wrong, they shouldn't fear you at all. But when they're being bad, they should fear you a little bit. When they do something they shouldn't do, you know, they should be looking around. You know, and then if all of a sudden they see you looking at them, I mean, just a shiver ought to go up and down their spine. That should happen. That's a good thing. And, you know, and, and it does, it needs to stay there to this day. You know, I, I don't want to go to jail, but I, I don't, I still don't want to disappoint my parents. I still have that in me, and I believe that type of thing, it, it, it's, it's healthy. It's good for us. We should fear them because of their position, because of their authority. This is somebody that we don't want to upset because you honor mom and dad. You honor the position. Even if they're not a very good parent, even if your parents aren't very good ones, you should honor the office. You should honor the position. There are individuals that are in leadership in our country today that I have no respect for them as an individual, but if I were in their presence, I would give them a certain level of respect because of the office that they hold. And I think that's, I think that's just appropriate. You know, it, you know, I, I am not a fan of our president, but at the same time, if I were in the presence of the president, I would be respectful to him as the president, I would refer to him as Mr. President. I wouldn't call him Joe. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that way towards him. And if I just have such little respect that I can't even do that, well, then I just won't go in his presence. And because, you know, I, I, it's, it's not about me respecting the individual, but it's about respecting the office. If I go and I stand before a judge here in town, okay, I'm not going to go check his background to figure out if he deserves my respect. I'm going to just by default, I'm going to give them respect because of the position that they hold, because of that authority that they have. I'm going to do that. Same thing. You pull a police officer pulls you over. I do think there's a certain level of respect you ought to give. And I'm not going to go asking their personal information so I can Google them to see if they're worthy of my respect. Okay. I do think there's certain offices that demand a certain level of respect, even if the individual is not that great. And I believe the same thing applies for mom and dad. Even if your parents are not good parents, I believe they do deserve a certain level of respect. I don't think you ought to go cursing your mother and father. In fact, we're specifically commanded not to do that. Oh, my parents are reprobates. So what? They're your parents. You know what you do? You, you honor them. You don't have to promote their reprobate behavior. You don't have to support that. 
You don't have to participate in it. And you might even have to come to a point where you just can't be around them. But at the same time, you know, you're not going to go dishonoring them. You should still not do something to ever want to hurt your parents because they are your parents. And because of that role in that office, you're going to honor them. And so that's one of the reasons that we fear uh, that we fear them. But look what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. This is a well-known passage of scripture here. Another reason that we sh- should fear our parents is because of the of their ability to punish us. And that's one of the reasons too I'm going to be nice to the cop and give them a certain level of respect because they do have some power over me if I was breaking the law to slap some pretty good tickets on me. And if I can get out of some tickets by being nice, I think I'll do that. You know, If I have to go stand before a judge, I'm not going to go there and act like a maniac in the courtroom. He has the power to hold me in contempt of court. He has the power to throw me in jail, depending on what I've done. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some fear because of that. Well, and you know what? Your parents, and unfortunately, our society is trying to take away parents' ability to punish their children. They haven't yet. Don't make people think that they have. But they're trying. But you know what? Parents should have the authority to chastise. It says in Hebrews 12, 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? You know, what parent doesn't punish their children? And you say, well, there are some. Yeah, well, what kind is it? It's a bad one. But God is a good father, so you better believe he's going to punish us. Because good parents punish their children when they get out of line. And we do. We believe in corporal punishment. We do believe in a good old-fashioned spanking. The Bible talks about that. And it's good for you. It doesn't do any permanent damage. And it, it, it will save their soul from hell. If you do that kind of thing, if, if you discipline like the Bible teaches, and we're not going to talk so much about that, but... Understand one of the reasons that we as a society and have always respected our parents is because those people did have the ability to take us out and whoop our backsides. We see in, in Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be time. So, you know, as as a child too, I didn't fear other people's parents that much because they can't do anything to me. They don't have that authority. But when it was my parents, that fear was there because of what they could do. Now, sometimes I feared other parents because they might tell my mom and dad. <laughs> and then, but it was ultimately, it was about a fear of my parents. And we ought to have that. And I'm telling you, young people today, they're not scared of their parents. Young people today, they've got this attitude. Mom, dad, you lay a hand on me. I'm calling DCFS. My public school teacher gave me the phone number that I can call. And I'll report you. And you know, you've got today, we've got a situation where parents are scared of their kids. And then we wonder why kids do the things they do. We wonder why there are so many. I mean, it is mind boggling the numbers of just homos, transgenders. I mean, young people, teenagers announcing to their parents, I'm a whatever. They're really a girl, but they're announcing they're a guy or vice versa. And you know what? Parents are scared to death when that happens because if they try doing something to stop them and get them fixed, you know what? They could turn them in and get in a lot of trouble. And that's 
why we are in a mess. That is why society is in the shape. There is no fear of parents. Kids need to fear their parents. That is, that is a good thing. But we should also fear them because our relationship with God is affected by how we treat them. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, honor thy father and mother, that it may be, uh, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And why does it say that? Who decides that it may be well with us and that we'll live long on the earth? It's God that decides that. And so if you are not honoring your parents, just understand you are on God's bad side. And that's what we need to understand and we need to get in our head and we ought to fear our parents. And even mom, yeah, I get it. Women, they're the weaker vessel. They're not, but kids ought to even fear their moms. And this is, and it is, it's a good fear. I'm not talking about the fear like you saw the little kid that was scared of his abusive father on the movie. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about that. There is, there is a good fear and a healthy fear. And I'm thankful. I, I, I had that growing up with my parents. But another thing we see in the Bible, you know, in the Bible days, even the most battle-hardened men, they, they were influenced by mothers. I love this story in 2 Samuel chapter 20. We're not going to go through the whole story. But there was a rebellion going on in Israel. And Joab, one of David's mighty men, a, a soldier, a warrior, a guy who's killed plenty of people and is not afraid to go take out a village. When he finds out that this man is hiding in the city, you might remember there was the there was the wise woman in that city, and she comes and she speaks to Joab. All right, it was a woman, it was a mother, who as a mother she's thinking we got soldiers coming they could take our people out. I got kids in this city, I don't want them dying. And listen to what she said. She said, "I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel." Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? Now, why did she say this to this soldier? Because you know what? She knew. Was even a battle-hardened soldier still loves his mom. Still care, thinks about his mom. And, and she say, she's saying this so he will think about her as he would his own mom. And so you all know the story. He's like, hey, we just want the one guy. And what, is, what did she say? You know what? We'll cut his head off and throw it over the wall to you. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And you know, I, the Bible doesn't tell us this. I personally think that mama went and did it. I know she's like, where is that guy? My kids aren't being killed because of this rebel being a coward and hiding out in here. And even if she didn't do it, I guarantee you she gave the order. And let me tell you something. You don't want to get between a mom and her kids. That's the way it should be. That's, no, that's nature. We see that in the animal kingdom many times. You know, and, and it especially should be that way with humans. I love seeing the videos. I saw one the other day of a guy who came and tried to steal a car while the mom was pumping gas and the baby was in the car. That mom jumped on the car. She jumped on the car and the guy's trying to drive off and get her off the car. She wasn't letting go. And you know what? That guy, I think, realized what was going on and he ran off. That mom, that mom's going to do anything to protect her baby. That's just normal. That, that is, that is nature. And I do, I, I, I love this story because I think it's neat how she used that. And let me tell you, all of us, we ought to feel that way about moms. Okay, that, that ought to do something. 
You know, he wouldn't have thought a thing about killing another dad because he's killed many men. He's killed many fathers, but a mother? There's just kind of that soft spot we have in our hearts towards our moms. That is a normal thing. And I, do, I believe there used to be a very special place, and I think there still is for most people, in the heart of every man for his mom. We see in Psalms 35:14, it says, I behave myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bow down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. And so when he's trying to describe and, you know, his sorrow and how sad he was, he's like, I'm like somebody that was mourning the loss of his mother. Now, why didn't he say father? You know, and the thing is, when it comes to moms, you know, I, I, I think there's a, just a, uh, I don't know what the best word to use, psychological, just natural reason that there's probably that extra love for them. Because think about it. They are the primary. I mean, well, for one, we all started inside them and lived inside them for nine months. They literally kept us alive from their own body as they, as they nursed us as babies. And I think that's one of the reasons, too, we see you know, more people trying to get moms away from nursing and things like that. I, I think those are things that help bond. I, I really do. I think that kind of thing makes a big difference. And they're the ones that were taking care of you all day. They're the ones that you know were changing your diapers. They're the ones that are bathing you. And you can't tell me that all these things that a mom does, even with that little baby, even, and even though I don't remember being a baby, you can't tell me there's just not something that that's doing to that child that just puts a special love in their heart for that mom. And you know, and dads, we do some of that too. And you know, and our, and you know, kid, you know, our, you know, dads are special to us too. But boy, there's just something extra about mom, isn't there? And I do. I believe. I I believe, moms, all that work you're doing with your kids, all that, you know, just holding them, burping them, all of those things, whether you realize it or not, are doing something to them. It's doing something in their brain that is causing them to have an affection and a love for you that will never go away. And one of these days when you die, it will be a very sad thing for them. And you know what? I think hopefully that encourages all moms to just keep it up. Because I imagine it feels like you're doing it for nothing sometimes. I imagine it feels like you're not getting appreciated because that little one-year-old doesn't tell you thank you. When you have to change that exploded diaper that they had, you don't get thank yous from those little kids. But at the same time, you know, they know who's cleaning them up. They know who's taking care of them. And there is, there's something instinctive inside us that we can't even describe that makes us just love our mom in a very special way. We see in Psalm chapter 50 and verse 20, it says, Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. Well, wait a minute. Isn't it enough to just say brother? But no. He adds in there your own mother's son. Why is he doing? He's like invoking mom, you know, making it mean something, Make, making it personal. Hey, you might want to kill your brother sometime, but you can't do that because that'd break your mom's heart. Because your mom loves him too, as big of a jerk as he is, and as much as you hate him and he drives you crazy, your mom still loves him. And so it's just kind of the way the way that's said there. You know, I think it's just kind of a way of just trying to just make it really. You know, reach deep. And it, it does. Invoking 
their mom. You know, isn't that what people do too? You see this on movies and stuff where they're swearing, I'll swear on my own mother's grave. The life of my mother. They always bring the mom. Why? Because that mom is, that mom, there's something special about that mom. And let me tell you something. There should be, and I do believe there is to a certain extent, just a universal disgust for someone who treats their parents bad. Especially their mom. Kind of like, thankfully, thank the Lord, we still have, for the most part, a universal disgust for pedophiles. I mean, thank God, most people look at pedophiles, even in lost people in society, and say, filth, scum. I mean, I hear lost people all the time. They ought to just put these people down. They should do this to them. They should do that to them. Thankfully, we still feel that way about them because they haven't got the P added to the LGBTQ and all that yet. Okay? I think we're going to lose that disgust for them pretty soon. I, I really do. But it's not gone yet. And let's keep it alive <laughs> as long as we can. But you know who else we ought to be disgusted by? Anyone who would treat their mom bad. You remember that kid that was, I think it was on Dr. Phil that slapped his mom on that video? Remember that? Remember that when that happened? I mean, that kid, everyone hated him. Everyone. Rightfully so. You don't slap your mom. They had the death penalty on that in the Old Testament. You struck your father or mother. You don't do that. But everybody did. Everybody hated that kid that did that. And rightfully so. There should be a disgust for people like that. I like what Proverbs 30 verse 17 says, The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. Now, why did it say it like that? You know why? Because that's a disgusting thought thinking about the birds eating somebody's eyeball out. But you know what? We want bad things to happen to really bad people, don't we? You know, and so that's why we do. We imagine all these ways they could take care of all the pedophiles. You know, what we're doing, it just makes us feel good to think about scum like that suffering. And you know what? Somebody who would mock their parents, somebody who would despise their mom, it's nice to think about them being dead in the desert and the birds eating their eyeballs out of their head. You say, that's a terrible attitude. That's Bible. <laughs> that's, that's where that came from. That's why it said it that way. It's trying to paint a gruesome picture in your head of what's going to happen to a scumbag like that. And it brings the rest of us comfort who understand anyone who would treat their parents like garbage is scum and bad things should happen to them. That's, that's what the Bible is putting in our mind there. And it does. It makes me feel good. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, how have we gotten to where there is such a lack of respect for mothers today? Or, you know, or maybe the, I mean, so a lot of women today, especially uh, you know, a lot of women who are stay-at-home moms and who just take care of kids, they often are made to feel like second-class citizens because they don't have a job and they don't have a career, and then they do. They're always trying to find out how they can get out of doing that stuff so they can go be Miss you know, Independent Woman, so they can go carry that briefcase or wear the hard hat or do whatever men are doing, and then they can finally feel good about themselves. Well, how? why in the world, what brought us to a place in society where a mother would feel inferior to these other women? And again, I think part of it, churches have contributed to it by bringing in these other you know, groups and honoring them. I think that's part of it. But I mean, you know, what happened? And I do, I do, I believe 
the problem that we have today in our society is we have tried to replace the mother. We've got cheap substitutes for the mother. You know, because there, there's something, there should be something in us that causes us to love the one who fed us. You know, the one who clothed us, the one who bore us, the one who washed us, the one who kissed our boo-boos and did all those things. But if we can get someone else to take their place, maybe we won't feel that way about our moms. And you know what? I think that's what we're doing in our society. And, and, and here's, and let me, because I could preach a whole other message on this, I'm not going to. But let me just say this real quickly. Because not everything I'm, I'm about to mention is necessarily a sin. Okay, the trendies will take some of these things. You can't show me the Bible, they can't do that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, there's some things that are not necessarily a sin, but at the same time, we need to recognize this isn't necessarily a good thing. Alright, because here's what we've done. We've come up with all these things to replace mom in society today. And sometimes we need these things. There are times when these things just are necessary, and that's why I won't go as far as saying these things are sins. They're not sins. But it should be our goal to not need these things. We need to understand this is not the ideal situation. Again, I think there's something that's bonding about that nursing mom. Okay? But yet, what have we come up with in society? A formula. Now, is it a sin to give your kid formula? No. Sometimes women have to. Sometimes there's problems and things and there's reasons. It's not a sin to do that. But at the same time, is it the best thing? Is it the most healthy thing? Is it good for the body? But you know what? You got a lot of women today. They're thankful for formula because now it enables them to put their baby in daycare so they can go work their job and keep their career going. So a lot of these things that we've come up with to replace mom, they have. All it's done is it's enabled women to take a path of something that's not as good. And so, you know, and some people will go far and just say, you know, it's a sin. No, it's not a sin. But, at the same time, if you don't have to do that, don't do that. Okay? Uh, you know, daycare instead of stay-at-home moms. Okay? I mean, what about the single mom? What about the widow? Okay? I, I'm not going to tell you that it's just an absolute sin to ever do that. There may be some people in some situations that have no choice. But you know what they need to recognize? This is a bad spot. But yet daycares today, it's just enabling women to do other things. That they, they don't have to do it, but yet they're choosing it and they feel like, oh, I can now go follow this path. I can now try to aspire to be a Hillary Clinton or somebody like that because even though I've got these kids because i got daycare, i got formula, I'll just give them this, replacing the mom. No, mom, you will do better raising your kids in daycare, Will. Oh, this daycare has the highest rating. I don't care. Mom has a higher rating than the daycare does. Mom's better. Mom's better than that. You know, public or private schools instead of homeschooling. I get it. Some people just literally can't do it. But you got to understand there's a way that God intended. That way is better. That's what you need to shoot for. That's what you need to try to do. You know, restaurants and cafeteria food instead of home-cooked meals. Oh, what's with this obesity crisis we've got going on in our country? Maybe it's all the trash these kids are getting fed in, in schools. You know what? Maybe mom knew how to cook. And I get it. A lot of moms don't know how to cook. But, you know, that's something that you need to learn that skill. You need to figure these things out. These things are better. You know, mentoring, 
from teachers and other adults instead of mom and dad. And you know, sometimes there's situations where, again, maybe mom's dead. And thank God for women that can kind of step in and be a mentor. But at the end of the day, listen, what's better, a prosthetic leg or a real leg? Okay, the real leg's better. It's always going to work better. Thank God for the prosthetic one. But if I, I'm not just going to go cut my leg off so I can get a prosthetic leg. Okay. I, I'm going to recognize that's a disadvantage. And we've got people today too. They act like they they act like even some disabilities. They try to act like they're like better because of it. No, if you can't see, that stinks. But thank God for seeing eye dogs and things that'll help. But I'm not going to go poke my eyes out, you know, so I can get a seeing eye dog. And, and live that way. Why, why would I do that? And you know what we've got today? We've got a society that is encouraging women to use these substitutes that are not better, that are worse. These replacements will not be sufficient. They are not what we should be promoting as a society. That biblical role of mother is better. It is more powerful It will get the job done better than any of these other things. Moms, you are a real pillar in society. Not these other groups. You you are. And we need to understand and we need to remind these people that they are important. And so, you know, entertainment from friends and other community programs, you know, some kids need something to do. But you know what? Mom and dad ought to be able to provide some entertainment. Mom and dad ought to be able to do a lot of these things. And so none of these things that I mentioned are necessarily sinful. And some of them are needed sometimes, but we must agree it's not the ideal situation. We must admit that it's a disadvantage and we should try to do what we've got to do to make sure our kids have all those advantages and don't have to go to those substitutes. But our world, they want us to live in a fantasy land and they want to act like even our disabilities are wonderful. No, we we don't want to be that way. So we need to purposefully structure our lives and make plans to have a more traditional and biblical type of family. We need to get back to stay-at-home moms and family dinner. We need to get back to homeschooling and mom and dad staying together until death parts them. We need to get back to no sex outside of marriage and marriage causing babies instead of babies causing marriage. That's what we need. If we're going to survive as a society, we must respect and honor one of the main pillars of our society, and that is a mother, we've got to recognize feminism is a lie. Feminism is doing so much to distort in the minds of society the importance of the role of mother. You know what feminism is? Feminism is nothing more than an organization teaching women independence from men and dependence on the government. That's all it is. Feminism, it teaches you ladies that you are a victim. Just because you're a woman, because society's mean to women. You know, feminism, it teaches that you, that you are strong and powerful. That's what they tell you. You're strong and powerful, but come to the YWCA and let us take care of you. Come sign up for all these programs put together by a bunch of white men and we'll help lift you up. But you're strong and powerful. You know, we got a woman flexing on our poster. You know, but yeah, but yeah, you still need us. You know, it's amazing how many government institutions it takes to replace a husband. Isn't that interesting? And it's amazing how many government institutions, how many thousands of dollars. You mean, you think about just 
each child, how much that's in the public school, how much money the government is paying to teach them, feed them, do all those things, how much they spend a year on a kid, and you realize just how valuable a virtuous woman is. You know what? You know what people would think if they actually did the math on these things. They would look at a stay-at-home mom and a virtuous woman. They would say, you know what? Her price is far above rubies. That's what they would say if they actually did the math. Feminism it tries to get you looking, acting, and talking like a man. That goes against your nature, but yet that's what they want you to do. Feminism tries, you know, tells you you're strong and independent. You can handle, you know, mentally anything guys can. But come take our drugs that we got for you to help you cope. So they, that's, they promote that all that stuff. Feminism tries everything it can to keep you from getting pregnant, except promoting abstinence. It's the only thing it doesn't do. It's the only thing they don't promote. That's 100% effective too, by the way. But yet they want you. They want you doing the pills, all the things they can make money off of. And you know, and if you do make a mistake and get pregnant, they'll help you kill your baby. That's what that's what feminism does. You know, and one of the biggest problems with women in our culture today too, are the men in their lives. And you know what? A woman can, and they will do whatever it takes to protect their family, but you know what? We do need manliness in the home, in our nation. And because men are not doing their job, often we do see strong women step up and they take their place. But it would always be better if the man did his job. Everybody needs to do their own. It would always be better. Thank God for those women that are trying to do both because unfortunately they got stuck with a scumbag, low-life, good-for-nothing. But we need the men doing their part. You know, and why are women usually the housekeepers? Because I think it's because men, you know, we see the need, but we have that special ability to ignore it longer. <laughs> Where the, just that nurturing survival instinct of moms kicks in quicker. And so when it's that waiting game, <laughs> guys always win. Because... <laughs> Because we can live in filth, but but not not women, you know, not not moms. And so thank God for mothers. They are they are a pillar in society. And you know what? If you want to go wearing some kind of logo, wear something promoting moms instead of your Blue Lives Matter stuff and all these things. I mean, I'm not going there again. All, all these things, these government funded roles that even churches are propping up. Propping up everything except for the one that God instituted and that is that role of wife and mother. And thank God for women who haven't fallen for the hype and the lies from the world and they are doing what God made them to do and they're doing it very well. And you know what? Your children are going to rise up and call you blessed someday for that instead of being cursed like we're seeing today. So stay, keep, keep doing the right thing. So dear Lord... Thank you so much for your word and the instruction that it gives us. And I pray to your God that this message will just encourage every mom in here today. I pray that she will feel important for what she does. And I pray, Lord, that as husbands and as children, that we will make the mothers in our lives feel that way. And we're so thankful for the godly women that we have here that are uh, doing things as, as um, laid out in your word. And Lord, we already know you're going to bless them for it. And so I just pray that they will uh, feel blessed today. In your name we pray. Amen.